Welcome to The Signal Podcast, the podcast that raises your frequency. I'm Maury, purpose guide and founder of a transformation consultancy called 822 Group. I left my career as an executive at a global PR firm to live my purpose, helping leaders and businesses realign with their own purpose by reconnecting with their intuition. Through this work, I've really become a student of people's stories. You know, the things we tell ourselves that hold us back. And by accepting my own intuitive gifts, I've helped countless people recognize the power of their intuition and reconnect to their higher self. Hi, my question to Mori is, what can I do to learn about healthy relationships? I grew up with refugee parents and a schizophrenic mother. And although I have done a ton of work on myself for seven years now, I still seem to choose relationships that are not healthy for me. Thank you very much for this space to ask questions and I'm looking forward to listening to your podcast. Thank you. I feel that that's a hard place to be in when you are aware of what's happening. My spiritual coach calls it like you're almost in surgery while you're awake. Like you can feel the things you're doing that don't serve you. You're aware of them. But I have to tell you, first off the bat for that caller is your awareness is so key to getting to the heart of exactly what you're asking about. The fact that you know that you're in this pattern is so important. I don't know if you've listened to the episodes that we've talked about fear and childhood trauma, but I really believe that trauma is the greatest creator of white noise and the greatest block to our signal, to our higher self. Um, and that's because there's all these little parts of us, four-year-old us, six-year-old us, eight-year-old us, that are in pain and that are stuck in that moment. I tell people to imagine themselves like a puzzle and that sometimes you leave little pieces behind as you age because those pieces haven't caught up to the truth that it was never about them. So they experience people's anger, hatred, mental illness as their own lack, that they deserved it or they created it. And when your younger self believes that, that belief becomes rooted in you forever um, because it's never been healed. It's never been gone in and really, really looked at and given the truth of the fact that it was never about you. And I tell people, I do this with my clients a lot, is teaching them how to go back and reparent those little parts of them. Because actually... The hero that that little kid is waiting for is you today. It's not your parents. It's the you that has survived. Um, it's the you that has thrived. It's a little emotional for me because when she talks about being a refugee, my, my family has a lot of refugees. I'm Iranian-American. You know, the revolution broke out in Iran and my family had to leave a lot of their family behind. And I think particularly... The trauma my mom has 
about leaving everything she loved and all of the safety. She, she has such a warm family. And she came to this country. She spoke not a lick of English. She was a teacher in Iran and became a seamstress here. Like everything just felt like loss. And I think that for refugee families, particular immigrants, actually, the thing that like hurts so much is feeling like you don't belong. This sense of just not fitting and, you know, psychologists will say belonging is one of the greatest forms of feeling psychologically safe, is this sense of belonging. And I think that I can personally talk about how being a child of immigrants, you're constantly trying to fit something that is not true to who you are. A, B, for me, there was so much shame in my own culture. I remember my mom would pack Persian food in my lunch and I'd be embarrassed to open it. Um, or people would say my name like there was nails in their mouth. My real name is Morvarid, which means pearl in, in Farsi. Um, it didn't feel like a pearl. It felt like it was like the ugliest name ever. So there's a lot stacked into this question, right? There's the lack of security as a child of not belonging in a country that doesn't make sense to you and you don't make sense to it. And people are cruel when they don't understand. People are mean when they are challenged by your differences. And I have no doubt that this caller experienced some of that. And then for home to feel unsafe on top of it is really hard. So I would say to you, caller, and to anyone who resonates with this, there's a little you in there that needs you to go back and spend some time with her. I do this with my clients in the form of a visualization. Um, if you listen to the episode with Cyrus, you'll hear Cyrus describe these visual meditations we do together. But you know, sometimes it's as simple as closing your eyes, taking three deep breaths, and I'd always take people somewhere that they want to be. So for me, it's a field, and it's really sunny, and it's really green, and I sit on a bench, and I imagine, or I visualize, I don't want to say imagine because it's real, I visualize whatever age of me I can tell is being triggered, and I put her there right next to me, and I talk to her. Um, and I do this with my clients and I really, you would be amazed how easily you can hear what they're saying and how quickly people who even are really cynical will be able to access like, oh, there's a 14-year-old, she's angry. Okay, ask her why she's angry. Well, she doesn't trust me. Why not? She feels like I abandoned her. Why? Really start this dialogue with this child in you that that is dealing with a schizophrenic parent and is feeling unsafe. And I always tell people, Make sure that you leave that meditation, that visualization, having done two things, three things, witnessed and heard this kid, showed this kid where you are today and how you have thrived. And it is because of their survival skills that you thrived. So thank you. And third, ask them if they want to come with you. And almost every time they want to come with you. And I tell people to visualize, hold their little hand, get up off of that bench and walk out and open your eyes. It's really powerful. And I think it's really important. I think that we're all suffering because all these little parts of us want our attention. So I really would encourage spending some time. The other thing I want to say is um, when we have parents that have mental illness, the way the universe works is their children end up being caregivers. They end up being empaths probably. Um, people who are either narcissistic or schizophrenic or bipolar. You know, I've worked with clients who have parents that 
struggle with those disorders and all of them end up being empaths, which means that they feel other people's feelings and believe it is their job to fix them. And so you probably, as a child, spent a lot of time caregiving instead of being parented. Um, And you're probably noticing that's what's happening is that in your adult life, in your relationships, you're caregiving. You're parenting this partner instead of being a partner and getting an, you know, equitable response. And I think that as kids, we don't have the information to understand that by doing that, we're disempowering the parent, right? But as adults, we do have the information to understand that in that relationship, by doing that, you're disempowering your partner. And that the only way they're going to grow is if they're asked to take care of their own stuff without you doing it for them. And that's scary for us empaths. It's scary for two reasons. It's scary because when other people are sad, we're sad. And that sucks. But it's also scary because we think they're going to leave. We think that if we don't, our value is in fixing. And if we're not fixing, then why stay? Why be here? And this is where your higher self is inviting you into a conversation because she knows what your value is and she wants to tell you, but you have to heal little you so you can hear her really help you be clear and solid in the truth of your own power. Yeah, it strikes me that one of the themes of this podcast and of this content is the world's not binary, black and white and Last episode we recorded, the visual came to my brain of like the angel on one side, the, <laughs> you know, the demon on the other. So it's yeah. like, that's not what you're describing here. You're not describing like a right answer, wrong answer, and you got to choose which shoulder is the right one. Yeah. Is that, that is very different. Do you see yeah. that? Explain a little bit of the differences here. Because in this context, I think it's um, dealing with trauma is very serious for people, of course. Yes, um, of course. And we want it to be binary. You know, we need a right answer and a wrong answer, but. I don't think that's how the real world works most of the time. Well, and we need a villain yeah. for us to be superheroes. And the truth of it is this person's mom isn't a villain. She's in a world of her own hurt. I don't lead with that, though, because I don't think an empath needs more empathy in this situation. I bet you she knows she's created a lot of stories about her mom not being a villain. But I think you're right that it's not about right or wrong. It's about this is the mom's journey and this is my journey and can they be separate? I mean, I'm guilty of this. I am so entangled with my mother and her emotional needs to this day. And my mom is really supportive. I mean, really never feels like she's holding me back. And I know for a fact, I consider her emotional needs before my own every time I interact with her. And that's because she was a single mom. My sister was older. She left the house. It was me and my mom. And my mom didn't get remarried until I was 30, which means that I was her emotional support animal. And I have stayed that way because that's how you're trained to be. But I think to your point, it's not about, I'm not saying, you know, go deal with the child because the child is bad and wrong and informing you incorrectly. That's why I said, go thank them. It was their brilliant form of survival, whatever they had to do, that is allowed you to be who you are today. And they are owed a debt of gratitude. But then they're also owed a, do you want to leave this place? Do you want to stop being stuck here? I do that with my nine-year-old. She's home alone constantly because she has a single mom. And all she does is sit in front of the TV. And she's so isolated. And I go sit with her on that couch sometimes. And I ask her, do you want to get up and go with me? And she's like, hell yes. 
And so she feels less trapped to me, which means this. Let me get really clear. I get less triggered about ending up alone, which means this. If my husband and I are in a fight, I don't come from a place of fear that if I speak my truth, he's going to leave because I'm okay that I'm not going to end up alone. That's a story that the nine-year-old has because she's alone. But because I've worked with her, she doesn't jump into my current fight with my husband. She's like, I'm good. You guys can figure this out. Hey, Signal listeners. If you're listening to Signal and you're curious about how you can get in touch with your intuition to thrive and live your purpose, we have an amazing membership community called Society M. As a member of Society M, you will receive weekly video messages directly from me paired with custom-made exercises that are all designed to help you incorporate the lessons you're learning into your everyday life so that you can get back in touch with your signal and thrive by being connected to your higher self. You can check it out at morifontanez.com and please make sure to share it with anyone in your life that you think could benefit from making that connection too. Again, it's Society M and you can find it at morifontanez.com. Thank you for listening. How do you see people's signals intertwining for some of this healing? So from mom to <laughs> daughter, from how do the, do the, does it naturally work together? You know, do these signals kind of come together naturally? Is it something that we need to be aware of and work on? Yeah. How does that work? I love that question because you reminded me to say that, you know, sometimes you are chosen to do the warrior work of healing for your whole family and for your whole ancestry. And what that means is that if you do that warrior work, which is the hard work, which is the reparenting of the little self, which is the facing the dragon in that cave, what is the thing I'm most afraid of? I'm going to look you dead in the eye. Actually, you heal backwards through time. So imagine your mom and your great-grandmother and your great-great-grandmother held in these shackles of trauma. By healing yours, you are releasing them from that. I really believe that. So I think you asked, how does their signal interact? But I actually think what's even more important is for you to know, maybe your frequency, your signal right now is loud louder than theirs. But by healing your trauma and hearing your signal, you're dialing up the signal for everyone around you too. And they can get rid of some of this weightiness of the trauma and allow themselves to connect to it. But I really believe we pass down trauma ancestrally. They've done studies on rats where they've you know, done some terrible stimulus to one. And then three generations down, they show the rat something that's similar and they have a physical reaction to it. It doesn't make sense because in their lifetime, they didn't experience it. So it is being scientifically proven that trauma sits in our DNA, which is important to know because then we can stop being so hard on ourselves, right? Like if something happened to your great, 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 great grandfather, how are you even supposed to be aware of it? We're constantly trying to judge ourselves. Why am I scared? Why aren't I more courageous? Why do I have imposter syndrome? Maybe it's not yours. Maybe it's some ancestral thing, but you can still heal it. Um, And I really think this visualization works. It doesn't even have to be your little self. It can be if you know of a, a, a parent that's passed or an ancestor that you know experienced trauma, 
I sit with my grandmother all the time. She's not with us, but she and I talk a lot. Um, And we heal stuff together. And you can do that as long as you stop judging that it's crazy. (laughs) If you can let go of the shame, try it. Yeah. And that's the part of this I love because we've talked about evidence. We talk about evidence of what's happening to me. Is it real? Do I need to react to it? Yeah. And I think that plays a part into this trauma discussion that we have to say is there's real bad stuff happening to people and there's evidence about that. Is that the first step before we get into any anything else is analyze is what's is what happening to me real? Can, is there evidence for it? Do I need to take immediate action to protect myself or people around me? And then as that flows out, move into what is what am I what's my intuition saying to me to react to that? Is that kind of the process that yes, people need to go through? And I want to say your trauma is real. Yeah. It is real. Your your ancestors' trauma is real. Don't let anyone tell you you shouldn't care. I hate this bullshit of like, well, shouldn't you move on? No, it didn't happen to you. It's not your place to tell me to move on. Happened to my ancestors, right? And I carry it in me. So yes, the trauma is real, but I think where the evidence can come into play is, am I being traumatized by this stimulus today, right? Um, If yes, then there's really some work to do with yourself and the help of a very good therapist to figure out how you break a pattern that can get you out of a relationship that's traumatic. And I really do want to say, if you can find the right therapist for you, they are magical beings in themselves. And that's a really important thing. Um, This is beyond that, though. This is spiritual work. So if you can augment it with this spiritual work and have your soul involved, that's when you see it's like adding, you know, fuel to a fire. That's when the, the transformation can happen even more quickly. Some of these things don't seem fair, like passing it down ancestrally to me, but that's life, right? And we're—would you agree that we're kind of born into the white noise around us and it's our job to kind of deal with that and pull back into our signal? Is that kind of what you're talking about? There's so much white noise. There's the white noise your family instilled in you. There's the white noise that your ancestors instilled in you. There's the white noise that the systems around us instill in us so that we can conform. And then there's our own stuff. So this is why I call this warrior work. This is a lot of having to dig and figure out what you believe. And if those beliefs are true because someone told you, Are they true because someone wants you to conform? Are they true because some seven-year-old version of you is sad? Or are they true because they're really happening in a tangible way today? That's the the thing you need to decipher. But we're calling this podcast Signal because there's this powerful entity that wants the best for you, constantly trying to nudge you towards it. And if you can abandon some of this doubt— and work on some of the trauma, you're going to hear it. And then you can work with it, ask it questions, ask it how to heal, ask it what to do with this specific dynamic today or how to interact in this relationship tomorrow. Remember I said in a past episode too, just because you hear something intuitively doesn't mean you have to act on it right away either. Play with it, put the pieces together, but really open yourself. I love this caller's question. I feel like I'm in a recurring theme of bad relationships. Okay. Higher self, what do you have to tell me about that? What's the first step I need to take? Not how do I jump off this cliff? What's the first step? Then the second and then the third. It's a dance and you need to start to learn the moves. You're doing it together, you and your intuition. Yeah, and I I love the series we're making because we just heard lots of questions from lots of different people from all different backgrounds 
who are all curious. They're all exploring it. And I think that's what you're encouraging, right? Like get curious, start to explore it, start to listen. That's that's the starting place to this puzzle. Anything on the curiosity side here, even when you're going through kind of the deep dark, yeah. is curious a healer to that? So curiosity is such an incredible tool. Um, and I was so excited because I think we got over 25 questions for this season. We didn't get to use them all. But what it showed me is that people are so curious, you know, about what it is I'm saying. Maybe they don't even know if they have a relationship with their intuition, but they care enough to want to know. And that curiosity right there is such an invitation to intuition. Intuition's like, okay, I just need you to be curious about me. And if you start to notice me, I'll get louder and louder and louder. And then it'll just be a relationship that you'll have for the rest of your life. Yeah. And to not be scared of it. Right. Maybe give one, I'm going to put you on the spot, maybe one final challenge mm. to the curious. We hope a lot of people are listening. We hope a lot of people are sharing it, bringing other people into into the discussion. So for that person that's sitting here, they're curious. They know they've heard it. They know they felt the signal before. It might have been weak, but they felt it. What's next for them? What's kind of one big idea we can leave them with? Something they need to meditate on? Is it something they need to talk about? Is it as simple as a next step? Um, Give me kind of one last final thought here for the person that's sitting there curious. Hmm. I think what I want to say to you is scan your life. Where are you suffering? Have you told yourself a story that you should be suffering? And do you want to stop? Because if you want to move from suffering to thriving, you have intelligently built within you this powerful voice that knows how to get you there. And for those of you that are curious about how to do it, start thinking about what it sounds like. What does it feel like? Where has it guided me in the past? And how did that turn out? Really asking yourself these questions and asking yourself why a lot. Uh, My clients will all tell you it bugs the hell out of them, but I ask them why at least five times sometimes because I'm really trying to understand is this fear or is this your higher self? And the more that you use that curiosity as a tool, like I said, the louder this signal is going to get. Hey, Signal listeners. I am so excited to share that we are officially working on season two of Signal. And we have a surprise for you. We're switching up the format for season two so that you get to actually listen in on me coaching real people who are working through real life issues in each episode. And guess what? You have the opportunity to be featured if you're interested in a coaching session with me. All you have to do is head over to the link in our show notes to submit your name for consideration and you could be on season two of Signal with me. Look for more on season two of Signal coming soon. This podcast is hosted by me, Maury Fontanez, and produced by Terra Firma Audio. I'd like to thank the talented team at Terra Firma, Casey and Jack, for being such amazing partners. Uh, our wonderful sound engineer, Jordan Newell, Lauren Hall, my amazing literary agent who's believed in my ability to talk about intuition, I think before I did, and my really amazing husband who is so supportive and trusts my guidance so that I trust my own guidance more and more, our amazing four kids for putting up with all of the intuition talk that happens in our home and my family back at home. Thank you all. I couldn't have done this without you. Thank you.